This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode number two of BXB, the brand new Yankees podcast from Odyssey. I'm Sweeney Murdy. He's Keith McPherson. We are joining you to break down everything New York Yankees on the Bronx Baseball BXB podcast. Keith, uh, a lot's happened over the last couple of days. And, well, that's what happens in a baseball season, right? Things turn quickly, no matter how you're feeling. Uh, over the weekend, it wasn't feeling good as the Yankees' losing streak continued. But then they salvage one in Tampa. They get the first game against the Twins. Here you are, Memorial Day, and your lead is growing again. I'm not, you know, we know they're not all the way back, but you can breathe a little bit easier after winning the last two games. Yeah, it's funny how things can change in a couple days. This is episode two already, and I feel like the vibes are different after back after back to back wins. And I remember the last episode or the first episode, we were looking at Tampa, thinking, "Oh no, here it comes." And uh, it started that way, but they were able to leave Tampa with a win and come home and have some good energy. And yeah, Labor Day, it's September. I don't know if you could just hear the fantasy football sound going off <laughs> for me. I'm I'm completing a fantasy football draft right now. It's it's that time of year. And man, is it the type time of year for the Yankees to figure it out and keep this thing going? Listen, they had a, a rough road trip and it was really just kind of the culmination of, of, of a really bad month of August. Right. They finished August their worst. Uh, month in 30 years a lot of it you know I, it's funny I, I compared their august to tampa bay's august because tampa bay crushed a lot of ground right uh basically what was it 10 and 18 versus 18 and 9 the two records well you know tampa let's remember who they played also okay they got 10 of their wins in the month of august against kansas city detroit and anaheim now Obviously, the Yankees played Anaheim and lost two out of three, but their schedule in the month of August was a lot tougher. They played tougher, Paul, and it's okay. You're a good team. You should beat them, but they, they've been going through an injury stretch with their offense. They ran into tough opponents, and that all kind of rolled into one for them in the month of August, while the Rays, despite dealing with their injuries, played a softer schedule and were able to knock some ground away from the Yankees. Head-to-head, okay, Tampa took two out of three. We're going to see where they land here this weekend because the Yankees right now are knocking days off the calendar too, Keith, and that's just as important. Even if you're not sweeping them or, or increasing the ground, knock days off the calendar. They did that with wins the last two days. Yeah, when when you look at it now, I mean, you're going into this first week of September. You have a five-game lead. Uh, it seemed like it took them forever to get to win number 80, but just that fast, there you go, win number 81. Aaron Judge is keeping his pace. Like, I don't know. It's like just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said I was off the roller coaster, but I'm never really off. Like, I'm kind of just watching and hoping for the best, knowing that, hey, uh, things can go their way. They need a lot to go their way. There's a lot of adversity right now, but you know, it's, it's, you got to enjoy the ride. It's not forever. It's September. Now we've got two more months of baseball. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be, uh, you know, a nail biter down to the finish, but it, it's exciting time. I like that you jumped on my, you know, last episode, I quoted the American president. And now here you are going with Godfather <laughs> 3. I think we can work this into every episode here. We got to drop one in there. I don't know how I don't know how proficient you are in the movie quotes, but nah. I feel like we can work this in if you're a game. I didn't even know where that reference was from. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> are you serious? I just heard it enough times. So no, quotables, oh, I'm not so king of the quotables. No. I know some quotes. I don't even know where they came from. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me you've tell me you've seen the godfather 
I've seen it, but I didn't. I don't. I couldn't tell you what character uh, said that line. Okay, well, that was in Godfather Three, which is it's it's excusable if you didn't see that one, but you've seen the first two at least, right? Yeah, Sonny. Um, let me think. Who else is in that? Al Pacino. Oh, gosh. Oh, this is getting bad. Keith, you and I have a lot. I'm going to give you homework, okay? And you can give me some too. Feel free because there's going to be some things that you're going to be dropping on me, and I'm going to be the old guy who doesn't get it, okay? So, <laughs> That's the fun of this. That's the I fun of this. I think it's fair if we, you know, we can give each other homework here to make sure stuff like this doesn't just make our heads explode. Because if I say Godfather, you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was from. It's going to make my head explode, Keith. And we, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm sure there's going to be a song lyric or a reference yeah. to something from the internet that you're not going to get. I'm going to exactly. say, here you go, sweetie. Yep. So, all right, Grandpa, let's teach the old man what's happening. Uh, listen, w- one thing that the Yankees are really dealing with right now, and we – listen, I, I, I did the game with John Sterling on radio on, on Monday. and Oh, yes, and congrats. That's oh, the second it. one. It's just – listen, it's uh, – I just – tried to land the plane safely and hand it off to the next person. It's great. Uh, but I sat in for Susan's chair. She took a couple of days off. Uh, and Willie Randolph, by the way, is going to do Tuesday's game, uh, weather permitting, uh, with John. But he mentioned something that I've, I've said often. And, you know, I don't know, Keith, how you took this from first sitting in your fan's chair to now doing what you're doing. But a lot of times, we, you know, injuries are always part of the story. And you talk about this person's injured, that person's injured. And that's the reason why this team isn't doing as well. And there are so many people who say, oh, but it's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. OK, there are reasons and there are excuses. Um, I understand why you might want one to equal the other. They don't always equal the other when, you know, three quarters of your best players in the lineup are injured or and or the injuries that have piled up or, or causing them not to perform as well. Like the Yankees have a couple of those. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Yankees are going through right now, especially with on top of everything, Stanton, Rizzo, LeMahieu, all battling things. Yeah. And it's like these guys are hurt and they're trying to play through it. But we all can see through that and we know they're hurt. But one guy doesn't want to be out. Then the next Marwin Gonzalez got the start at first base today. <laughs> that's because the starting first baseman and the backup first baseman, they're hurt. Yeah. When, when you say, I'm glad you said, like, it's there's a difference between an, an excuse and a reason, right? Ben Benintendi is penciled in to play left field, right? An excuse is if he's not doing well, right? John Carlos Stanton coming back from injury and everyone expected, wait, wait till G gets back. Wait till Stan gets back. Wait till big G gets back. Okay, you're going to have to wait until he gets back. He gets yeah. some swings. It doesn't mean just because he's he's in the lineup, he's going to make an immediate impact. And I feel like he's going to come along. But like it's all like excuses and reasons. The reasons it's not necessarily working at times is because they've had to, you know, figure some things out, missing some pieces by design. Certain guys are supposed to be in certain places and playing better than they're playing, but they're hurt. And that's part of the game. You deal with injuries, you deal with, uh, lack of performance. You try and move some things around and, and get a spark. And uh, I think the Yankees did that. And they're, man, they're trying to figure it out the best they can. I, I know a lot of times <laughs> the fans feel like they know better than the Yankees and they speak on it, myself included. We put it out there on Twitter. We put it out there on podcasts, what we think the lineup should be, who we think should be starting where. And then the Yankees do something completely different. <laughs> and it's almost like despite the fans to say, well, we hear you. We see that. But we're going to do this instead. And when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, they're not thinking about all these things a hundred times more than we are. You know, I mean, sure. we, you know, they do have reasons for it. We just don't always know them because they don't, you know, competitive reasons. They don't like to give them away or, you know, we're not privy to everything that's going because they don't like to give certain things away. And I get that. They try to explain like my job is to try to figure out why and why they do certain things. Um, and, and I'll try to explain it and get to the bottom of those things. Uh, it doesn't mean that we have to agree with it, but, you know, they have reasons and it might not always work. It doesn't mean what you or I think they should do was going to work. That's that's kind of the beauty of what we do, Keith. We can sit here and say, well, I would have done this. And it's always the right answer because it's it's never put into action to the point where it 
becomes you know something you have to act off of. Manager makes a pitching change. He has to act off of that. Whether the guy pitches good or whether the guy pitches bad, you're now in that lane. We just sit there and say, you know what? I would have done this, and it would have worked because the move that he made didn't work. It's yeah. a hard game to play from that side. It's an easy game to play from our side hindsight right and sitting in the fans chair it's it's fantasy baseball it's mlb the show for us (laughs) but it's always right it's always after the fact oh this didn't work they should have did this but you know they have to put out a lineup every day and it's different and i know a lot of people are calling for consistency in the lineup but how can you have consistency in the lineup when you don't consistently have the same guys guys are hurt they have to figure it out on the fly and you just got to watch and and hope for the best Uh, this past weekend the roller coaster hit for sure. It was like Friday disaster, and then Saturday close game. You th- you think there's a chance? No, there's no chance. And then back to back wins today and and Sunday night. And now you it kind of levels out. Um, <laughs> I think they know what they're doing more so than than fans or reporters, whatever. And there's a saying: if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them. So yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if the Godfather said that. No, no, I don't think that was the Godfather. I, somebody else, though. It definitely wasn't in the Godfather. Uh, but you, if you've seen it enough times, you would know that it's definitely not in the Godfather. So it's probably not part, you know, you have to catch, have to catch up a couple. No, I, I know they're not talking about sitting with the fan. They're not, they're not, uh, it doesn't mean that they're beyond being questioned, okay? Because everything can be questioned because we do all have some knowledge about what we're watching and we do have legitimate reasons for wanting to know what's behind all these moves. And when they don't, aren't as forthcoming with all of them, that becomes a little frustrating. But they're trying to play people. You know, it's another thing about injuries. You try to play people who are going to put you in this best spot and, you know, playing hurt is a weird thing, okay? You've had... Anthony Rizzo tried to do it. You've had DJ LeMay who tried to do it. And now Giancarlo Stanton may have to try to do it after banging mm-hmm. the ball off his foot and seeing where he is. He's been off to an atrocious start since coming off the injured list anyway. But playing hurt is a weird thing, Keith. I used to hear Derek Teeter say all the time, you can play hurt, but you can't play injured. Okay, that's true. But as far as we're concerned, when we're watching, there's no differentiating there because you know who we applaud? We applaud players who play hurt and play really well. Yeah. If you're playing hurt and stink, we don't want anything to do with it. You know, like sit down, you're hurting the team. So the barrier, the, the bar that they have to hit, Keith, is that they have to, while they're injured, play as great as they always do, or else we want nothing to do with you. And that's a hard bar to reach. DJ LeMahieu is showing you that right now because he can't get the ball out of the infield. There hasn't been, you know, he's been one of the best hitters for the Yankees over the last couple of years. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, Is it really helping the team right now, putting him in the lineup every day because he can't do it? Yeah, and but he's a guy you pay. He's a veteran. He's a guy that you trust and you believe in. So you you think, yeah, you know, 75% of him is better than some, you know, 100% of some of the other options. Right. But it's a long season, you know. How many games do we have left? Less less than 30 left? 27 games as you and I speak, yeah. (laughs) It's a long season, and uh, it's coming down to the finish line. So these guys are hurt. They've made it through, but it makes you think, okay, do you rest them now? Obviously, the focus is on October, but you need to win games right now. You're in a situation where, you know, every win is important. You're trying to hold on to a lead. Uh, it is it is getting more interesting by the game. Each injury, uh, who knows? I mean, how, who else who else is there to call up? There's no There's no help on the way. It's like you got to figure it out with the guys you have. And that's a, yeah, I mean, if you, and, and there, you're right, there's a big drop off. And that's part of the thing that every team battles. You know, you have your major league roster. And when your stars don't perform, there are not star level players left to replace them. So you have to figure what you're trying to do is that it's the math gymnastics everybody's trying to do is, is 75% of this guy better than 100% of the next guy. And, and a lot of times you're right, especially on a team that's trying to win championships and trying to put a, a, a players in the field who are going to be up to the moment, you lean towards veterans a lot because you think about their ability to get prepared and get ready. The problem right now that the Yankees face, though, Keith, is that they have two guys on their team who aren't showing any injury issues whatsoever but their performance has been atrocious for a long time now and josh donaldson has never hasn't really gotten going this is the worst season of his professional career and 
maybe he's just getting old because 33, 34, 35, he was great just as he always was. 36, all of a sudden, he's he's even just, just a fraction of that. And then you have 25-year-old Glaber Torres, who was almost an all-star and hasn't found any part of that in the second half of the season. These two guys are not part of the injury story, Keith. These are the guys that, hey, what are you doing? It doesn't look like you're helping right now. It's kind of crazy. We're, we're facing the Minnesota Twins, uh, where Josh Donaldson came from. And we remember last year, uh, he had a down year last year, but he was hurt. And it was actually uh, had a pretty good year last year. If you look at all his numbers, the way they stack up, it was pretty close to career numbers for him. Not so like, that must have been what <laughs> that's what made them think they, they should make that trade. Because as soon as yeah. they made that trade, we all knew you may get the 36-year-old version of Josh Donaldson for $25 million. Are you yeah. willing to take that risk? Yeah, to take in IKF and to get rid of Gary Sanchez, who hit a bomb today, um, yeah. and Gio Urshela. It's like baseball, the timing of everything just comes back around. And Josh Donaldson this past weekend uh, barking at, what's his name, Jeffrey Springs, throw, throw your fastball, throw your fastball. I gave you three. And then – this guy gets thrown at, and then, he, you know, he kind of takes a step towards the pitchers. Just like a lot of extra nonsense without the production. I'm glad he was able to drive in a run today. Glaber leading off today. I think I made a joke on Twitter. I'm like, it's Labor Day. So oh, luckily, yeah. hopefully it's Glaber Day. Oh, and Glaber. think of that? Yeah. Well, it didn't That's come up. Logic. Didn't a home run, right? He just took another, you know, he got one. They wanted to hear John say it's Glaber Day on Labor Day. He didn't hit it out, but he did have a leadoff knock that turned into some runs. Thank God for Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Glaber and Donaldson, I feel like we knew this. Glaber was the shortstop last year. Glaber got moved to second base. And if Glaber doesn't bring his bat, what is Glaber Torres? And then Josh Donaldson, he's all right in the field, but he he's – Man, he's he's past his prime. He's not the MVP all-star. We're not getting that version of him. And uh he's a little bit uh, you know, too much of a hothead, like more too much too much bark and no bite. I don't know how to describe him. It's like he comes, he shows up like he's one of the biggest, baddest guys, but he's not like that. Even today, he drove in that run and he, and he's not hustling. He's pimping it. He's looking at it, and it's like, yeah. bro, lock in play <laughs> it was a bad look no doubt about it but i mean the just to go back to last year it was 827 ops 26 home runs it was in line and ops plus is pretty much in line with a lot of his last three years some of his really good years not the mvp year from seven years ago but still what he had done even in his 30s it was it was locked in it was last year was a good year all of a sudden this year it's fallen off torres doesn't have that excuse of getting older uh he again you know the second half has looked remarkably bad for him and for both guys really now it's about and and i talked to hensley mullins the hitting coach uh pregame today one of the hitting coaches and you know he said something that i've referenced before with veteran players you know you tell guys right now listen if if you're hitting 250 you're not going to hit 300 this year okay if you have 10 home runs you're not going to hit 30 this year Okay, this is right now. It's about what's happening over this last month and setting goals, setting shorter term goals and understanding what can help this team win games right now. That's what it's about. It's not the season. If you're having a bad year, you're not saving a bad year with personal numbers in the course of the final three, four weeks. You can help the team in the course of the final three, four weeks. Yeah, and they're in there. You know, you're going to lead off. You're going to back clean up. <laughs> There's no other options. There's nobody else. There's no help on the way. So you just hope that they're able to lock in and game by game when they get their opportunities. Yeah, they're going to sit once in a while. Not really now with the injuries, but you just hope that they can help the team win day by day and not uh, be a detriment, not hurt the team in ways. And they have. Both Both uh, Donaldson and Glaber have some bloopers this season that just haven't been it. Well, I mean, they've just come up small with in run scoring opportunities. When you think about the offense struggling, they're a big part of it because they're the ones who have been playing. You know, Torres' OPS has fallen off 300 points since the All-Star break. Um, and the lack of power is showing. It's why the Yankees have uh, have struggled to score runs over the course of the last month and change. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, you're listening to BXB. This is Bronx Baseball, the new Yankees podcast with Sweeney Murdy and Keith McPherson. We're brought to you by Odyssey. You can subscribe, review anywhere you get your podcasts and, uh, and tell all your friends because uh, this is just the start of a fun ride uh, here on BXB. One guy who is bringing it, the power, the production, clutch, run production, everything else, and helping keep the Yankees where they are, Keith. I mean, you talk about them on the radio all the time. I talk about them after every game, it seems. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot left to say about Aaron Judge, but there is still a lot to say about Aaron Judge because it is that impressive, that amazing. As we speak, he is at 54 home runs. He is seven away from tying Roger Maris's Yankees and American League record. Um, he is far and away leading the league in home runs, RBIs, uh, MVP candidate right now. And we say leader, but Shohei Otani's backers are going to have something to say about this. We'll see where this goes in the next few weeks. But I mean, listen, Aaron Judge is getting hot again. That's a good thing for the Yankees. And it is, it, he does not lack for being fun to watch. Wow. I mean, he's the captain. He's the future captain. Uh, I look at this guy and and I realize we're watching history every at bat. I look at this guy and I realize this era of Yankees baseball is his era. And, uh, you know, as we see Jeter week coming up and Paul O'Neill had his week a couple weeks ago. And you think about who's the next guy, you know, CC will have his time when his number uh, gets retired. But then there's going to be a little bit of a gap until potentially 9-9, and I want this guy to win a championship so bad. Uh, I want him to win MVP so bad. I want him to win the Triple Crown. He's starting to get into that conversation now, uh, American League Triple Crown, and uh, I want the Yankees to sign him. He's He means so much to the franchise. He's, he means so much to the fans and, and to the team. This team, when you talk about MVP, you take this one guy off the team, this team is nothing. They're, they're, they're in trouble. He had the game uh, Sunday. It was like, I think I listened to Susan say, it's, is it Aaron Judge's game to win or lose? Or like, is Aaron Judge going to win the game on his own? He impacts the game in so many ways. And uh, just his demeanor and the way he goes about it, that's a captain. That's a leader. That is the guy that's the most valuable guy on the team. That's the guy that everyone's looking to. Young guys like Peraza, young, young guys like Cabrera, they're looking at him. And even the veterans, they're looking at him. Everybody sees it. Uh, the Yankees are fortunate to have him. He's he's worth $500 million. All rise, number 99, Aaron Judge. He's going to break the record. And uh, I, I just hope the Yankees can hold on to this lead, get that by, get into October, and let the damage continue in October because they keep pitching to him, Sweeney. I keep, watching, I keep watching them try and challenge him. I don't know why, but good for us. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are certain situations where you can make it work and you try and then see what happens. Listen, the Yankees scored, they didn't score at all on Friday, but they scored one run on Saturday. It was a judge home run. They scored two runs on Sunday. Judge Homer doubled and scored. So he was their offense in the Tampa Bay series. And his home run on Monday was was a huge one. The two-run homer that breaks the tie. Uh, I, I think it's funny, though, as much as attention as we're paying to him, as much as we talk about him, Keith, I feel like we're being robbed as fans of what is truly special about him chasing the number 61 and chasing a home run mark because what's happened to the Yankees as a team has overtaken any other headlines around the team. And I think as baseball fans, 
we are able to appreciate and enjoy both team and individual performances. But when they coincide in such drastic fashions, because the Yankees' fall has been so dramatic, that's overtaken, Judge. And it's taken away some of the joy that fans should be allowed to have about one of their players having a magnificent personal historic season but when he hits home runs and the team's losing and the lead is slipping away you know Aaron Judge isn't going to answer questions about 61 and that's fine that's his prerogative but we should be allowed to talk about it in these wonderful tones about his performance without having to say oh but the team needs to win blah 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 we in our lifetime we do we have not seen a season like this who knows when we will again we should be allowed to appreciate that regardless of whether the Yankees are winning or losing. And unfortunately, they are robbing us of some of that because of how precipitously they fell in the month of August and into what shouldn't what didn't look like it was going to be a pennant race, but is. Yeah, I think last episode I said they're ruining it. The Yankees are ruining it. And I mean, there's going to be people at the stadium for every game, every at bat. Everyone is filming. I'm filming. I'm. I'm trying to stop other people. I hosted 22 people today at the stadium. I'm like, hey, judge is batting. Pay attention. <laughs> like, Pay attention. You kids pay attention too. The guy is incredible. And uh, he blocks everything out. It's not just the home runs. Knocks, uh, you know, bases. He's trying to steal bases, avoid tags. And you know what? Exactly the exact type of moment that you're talking about. Uh, I think it was Saturday night. And, man, the Yankees sent me into a drinking uh, hole of oblivion. I just, I woke up the next morning on the couch like <laughs> in that game. Who was he facing? Like John Adam or something? The top of the ninth. He comes Jason up. Mm-hmm. Jason Adam. He comes up, and you know he's gonna. He, if this guy throws him a strike, you know he's gonna hit it out. But you also know no one's in front of him, and that's all the Yankees would have. Two one, they lose, and I think that was fifty two, and it's like. This guy just tied his own record, but we can't celebrate it because this Yankees offense sucks and they just lost back-to-back games against a team on their heels. I want to enjoy this, but you're robbing me of that. Yeah, there's personal moments. And I'll tell you what, to think about the idea, like this isn't hyperbole when I say we haven't seen anything like this. I talked about this in the broadcast with John on Monday, okay? If you, you know, Luis Arias came in leading the league in batting, but he took an offer. Judge had a couple of hits. He closed the gap a little bit. Yep. Now, Xander Bogarts was ahead of a rise by the time that game ended. So, And there's a few other people in this mix. There's, I think, you know, five or six people in this between 302 and 320 range, right? Um, it's a big gap to say, okay, take your batting average from 302 to 320. But if the guys at 320 slump down to 310, it's not that big of a jump for you to get to 310. The idea that Aaron Judge could obliterate Roger Maris's record of 61 home runs and take a run at a triple crown, which was Mickey Mantle's 1956 season for the Yankees, You're talking about two of the most iconic seasons in Yankees history by two of the most iconic players in the franchise's (laughs) history. And the judge can make a run at both of these in this final month here. The fact, and he could, he's, I mean, I think we all know he's going to take one of them down, right? And the other one is at least in play. The batting title thing goes to the final weekend anyway. So you're not going to know. But my goodness, Keith, this is something. As I said, we have not seen in our lifetime. It is even more unbelievable and special than we've been making it out to be over the first five months of the season. And he did it in a season where he had to bet on himself. He did it in a contract year. He did it in a year where the first day of this season, we all learned about the numbers that he rejected, the contract that he did not sign, the extension. And I was in the stadium earlier this year where he was struggling a little bit. Rizzo was hotter than Judge in the beginning of the year. And fans booed him. And it it was this awkwardness. I remember saying, I don't know if I said it on WFAN. I said it somewhere that I was talking about the experience in the stadium. I'm like, this guy's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, right? Because if he would have signed that deal and struggled, they would have said, oh, they paid him. And now he can't play. He doesn't sign the deal. And they're like, this guy's a bum. But then he gets hot. He gets super hot, hotter than the sun. Unimaginable what he's actually done this year. And it's just, uh, it's all dollar signs. I don't even know how how much they actually like. (laughs) Free agency is going to be fun for him. He's going to see some big numbers next to his name. 
and I hope he gets everything. I hope he wins everything, and I hope he gets all the money he deserves because I've been uh, granted a lot of joy being able to watch it, you know, and he's helped the Yankees win games. Um, I hope he's a Yankee for the rest of his career. I don't care if that contract looks – I don't care what it looks like eight years from now. <laughs> like this guy yeah, earned see, it. Hey, you hit on it. That's what I was waiting for. And you talked about what people were saying a minute ago. You got to sign him, got to sign him, got to sign him. Okay. And when he signs for a nine-year deal, everything will be great. But, you know, you know as well as I do, we're going to come back in year seven and eight and look at it just like we do with A-Rod, just like we do with Teixeira. Those contracts did – and even CeCe's contract. Yep. They didn't look good at the end. For natural reasons. So now you're saying, okay, well, how come we can't go sign this guy? Because you're already paying these other guys $90 million and you signed them then. And listen, everybody's got a limit. So um, I agree with you. They, you know, Sign them. Sign them for whatever you want. But you can't complain about it in your 7, 8, and 9. You just <laughs> I can't. won't. I won't. He, he deserves it. He's owed money. I mean, every commercial you see on Yes Network – it's advertising the Yankees with judge and this like dramatic music playing. There's the judges chambers in there. Everybody wants a number 99 Jersey. He's talked about in every baseball circle. Everybody is watching this chase. It's like the Yankees, the Yankees have made a ton of money off the back of Aaron judge. He's literally keeping the team alive, putting the team on his back. He is worth every penny. I don't care. And I know, it's going to be a contract that whatever they might be able to structure it different. Baseball money is different now, but it's got to be like eight years at this point. And uh, he's going to command a lot of money. If you're looking at the AAV for the players, like he's the best player in the league. So he's got to be paid that way. <laughs> I got to look at the date, but this it's going to get awkward because I got to figure out, remember what date that the uh, awards go out. But if this drags a little bit, okay, and and Judge wants to doesn't get the number that he wants right away from the Yankees, so he bleeds it into free agency, right? And other teams start jumping in. Yep. The MVP vote comes down, and he wins the MVP, and he's still not signed. Oh man! That, how that's gonna go? Riveting! I can't wait. <laughs> we'll oh. have the podcast just for that. We'll talk everyone through that. <laughs> oh, we are here for it, Keith. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy, it's BXB. We're brought to you on Odyssey and all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe, review, rate, all that jazz, and uh, keep coming back for more. We debuted last week with episode one. You can go back and check that out. This is episode two. We're coming to you twice a week here throughout the rest of the season. Uh, And then as events warrant, probably once a week in the the winter and, and maybe more often depending on how things happen, like the day judge signs with the Yankees or with somebody else or the day he wins the MVP or doesn't win the MVP. We're going to be coming at you with all those kinds of things. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun here breaking it all down and you get more of this talk. Plus we'll have some special guests along the way as well. So make sure you're on Odyssey or your other podcast platforms and subscribe to BXB. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of B, as the Yankees head into this final couple of weeks, a lot of Bs, some killer Bs are part of the equation here. Some good, some bad, uh, and some unknown, Keith. Uh, and when I say killer Bs, I mean Benintendi, Bader, and Bullpen. Let's take them one at a time. Um, you waited a long time. You had to wait a long time because of the way the, the trade market works to get somebody to replace Joey Gallo. Andrew Benintendi was in your sights. You traded Joey Gallo, you replaced him with Andrew Benintendi. That's a win. He starts off kind of slow, picks it up, 
helps out when the Yankees are struggling and looks like he's going to be a really good player here. Then all of a sudden, one swing and his season might be ruined. Heading for surgery for something to deal with that hamate bone. Not sure if he's out for the entire run, Keith, but I mean, he's going to be down a little while and it's an injury that hurts. When it rains, it freaking pours. I don't know <laughs> if we can curse on here, but that's how I felt when Tenny went down. I'm like, yo, we we just got this guy. And we, we talk about the lineup every single day. Well, he's out of the lineup. Yeah. You're waiting for him to mend. You hope it isn't that everybody is a hand doctor. Never even heard of the M8 bone. <laughs> but luckily, he he's familiar with it. He had the injury. I don't know. All I can say is this. I hope it's three to four weeks. And it's just another piece of the puzzle taken out. So, you know, you're you're expecting the puzzle to come together in like three, four weeks to be ready for a run in October. It just it makes it just more challenging. But, hey, it's it's another layer to it. Heal up, rest up. He's got to get surgery. I don't know. I don't know. It was unfortunate to see that that happen. Uh, but that's that's baseball. It's part of it. If you uh, if you ever lack for medical advice, Keith, just go to Twitter. There's lots of it on. on <laughs> that's that's the worst place to go. As I said, everybody. No, he's done. He's cooked. He's done for the season. No, this is three to four weeks. Oh, he has it before. Oh, he got it removed. Well, if he got it removed, how did he break it again? It grew back. I'm like, oh, so here, nice. find read this that I just googled five seconds ago. Um, yeah, it's a hard thing to do. And I, I get, listen, no lie. I got a text from somebody, uh, as soon as Stanton came out of the game on Monday, Stanton's done. Like we didn't even know what was wrong with him yet. And it's like, oh, he's done. It's like, oh my it's God. doomsday, sweetie. Yeah. Everything. That's what I said. When it rains, it even pours because everyone's just waiting for the next, uh, shoe to drop the next thing to, to happen, the next domino to fall. And I mean, hopefully Stanton is okay. I don't know. Well, one of the guys that you know we've been yelling about for a while because he hasn't shown up yet while Jordan Montgomery is turning into Sandy Koufax in St. Louis is Harrison Bader. Now, Harrison Bader is at the point now where he's moving forward to where you might be able to start counting the days to get him into a Yankee uniform. Um, when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, before the Yankees went on this last road trip, he had circled Labor Day and showed me, says, this is the day you know I should be really like full-on baseball activities by this day. Well, guess what? He really is. He's ramping up all of his running and his hitting. And by the end of this week, by the end of this week, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, maybe, he could be in a rehab game, in the minor league rehab game. Now, they they put next uh, Tuesday down as, as a date to circle. But if things go well, they could push that up, I would say, maybe to Saturday or Sunday. And you get him a week's worth of games, now all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, two weeks from today – you know, he's already in the Yankees lineup and, you know, they got him because they needed a center fielder. And Aaron Hicks has unfortunately continued to show us that that was a necessity. Playing judge out there all the time was not a full time answer. Hicks has not been able to grab a hold of it. And even in more playing time now with all the injuries, he's not part of the solution. Harrison Bader is going to get a chance here. And when he does, we'll have to see if it was worth it. <laughs> no pressure, kid. Ice yeah. up. Ice up, get ready to run on those feet. We need you. You see, Benintendi went down. Let's speed this up. You ready yet? You ready yet? Okay. Uh, you got a week. You got a week because these people need to see it. I don't know. I, I'm. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to say my expectations are low for Harrison Bader, but I just never looked at him as like a savior. I was excited to to hear that the Yankees got him because I think he's an exciting player. But I thought more was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I thought there was maybe a missing piece of that trade. I don't know. I, I'm i not expecting him to come in here and hit. None of these guys hit. I'm expecting him to be a good defender. I think he is a spark plug. I hope he's healthy. But I can't I can't rest any of my uh, – and I can't – I don't know. I don't know. We don't We don't know what he's going to be in pinstripes. We don't know if, if he's going to be healthy. So I, I know I saw a lot of people talking about Bader, 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 but I feel like – that got sped up because of Benintendi, and if he's not ready, he's not ready, and I, I can't put too much stock on that kid. Listen, I told you before, like, the bar is pretty high, right, for some of these guys. The bar is actually pretty low right now for Harrison Bader. There's so many injuries right oh, be now. Better, be better than Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Yes, I actually can't right. expect that. And I'm not trying to, you know, everybody rags on Hicks, but yeah. through this whole year, man, 
Like, I think I think he can be a better center fielder than Hicks offensively and defensively. So and bring him on. At the deadline, the Yankees addressed, listen, they – there's a time frame for how things have to happen, right? Because of what has to be, what, what can be available to you from other organizations. So when Gallo and Hicks were a problem early in the season, the team's running along smoothly. You have time to address that and you're not going to be able to get Benintendi or Bader from another team at that in May or June, yeah. you got him in July. And unfortunately we've seen where this has gone. Benintendi's now gotten hurt and you know, Bader, was certain you knew that going in but everybody else kind of fell off in the meantime and august was a complete disaster he didn't know that in july so you're right pressure's coming now go go pick us up kid go be mickey Mantle and bernie williams rolled into one for the final two weeks of the season if you can and try and save it um (laughs) save the yankees as the yankees are close to collapsing not not as much of the collapse panic as it was a couple days ago now it's five games close but you know what? Lindsay Adler from The Athletic made a really good point the other day. They, they have collapsed. It's a race, okay? Co- collapsing doesn't mean you've, you've lost. Collapsing means this giant lead like the Dodgers have right now is allows you to cruise through September. They can't cruise through September. They have collapsed yeah. to the point where they can't cruise They through had September. three times the lead that they have right now, so this is a collapse. It, it's not all the way collapsed, Yeah, it's, but they collapse some, sure. Yeah, uh, so you've got a month to pick to pick this up and see where it goes. Uh, one of the good things for the Yankees right now is in August. Part of the problem in August was their bullpen was a complete uh, in complete disarray. Um, you you had some guys yet who hadn't quite found it. You had guys going on the IL. Well, now you you come back here in late August and early September, Keith, and you've got Clay Holmes with several good outings again. And uh, I understand there's a little bit of high wire sometimes to this, but that's most every closer. And when you've got a closer who isn't as swing and miss uh, as some others, which Holmes is not, then you're going to end up with situations where you got guys on and you got to figure out how to get out. But Jonathan Loisega, Clay Holmes, I think are now – you can lock those in as your eighth, ninth inning guys. Plus you have Trevino, Marinaccio, and Peralta, who are all locked in, I think, as – five really good late inning options for you all of a sudden as you've gotten healthier if you can get a lead keith you have the ability to protect it i think if (laughs) Uh, it's funny i'm watching yankees games now just like can we get a lead and keep it but yes the bullpen has been a strength no matter how you shuffle the deck it seems like you know once these guys go on the IL and come back, if they're right, we, we feel all right. There was so much riding on uh, Jonathan Loisega, him getting right. He seems to be right. Clay Holmes took us on a little bit of a ride Sunday night, but ultimately a win is a win. You know, you can just hope that uh, he builds on that. Ron Marinaccio, I think the story about that kid is the same. Why was he gone for a month? Uh, he's been solid. And you know what you're going to get out of Wandy and, and Lou Trevino too, you know, a good addition um, in that trade with, with Frankie Montas. I, I'm pleasantly surprised with this bullpen um, reshaping and configuring. I was so hurt after the, the Michael King um, injury. I almost said yeah. trade. The Michael King injury to me was, was drastic. It was catastrophic, but they they've kind of reshuffled and figured it out and there's still some more help on the way. So. Yeah, and uh, like help could be moving Clark with, with Cortez rejoining the rotation. Now Clark Schmidt can be part of that middle inning bridge if you need, kind of a long man, two, three inning kind of guy. Um, and he can rejoin because he's actually helped out of this bullpen. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Holmes on, on um, Sunday uh, against the Rays. It, it, I don't know. It, it, it astounded me to see how this game ended because Clay Holmes had faced five batters at the bottom, you know, five through nine in the uh, Rays order. And they all made incredible. They all made really good contact against them. Swinging early, hard, solid contact. Right. And then Yandy Diaz was a pretty good hitter with a chance to, you know, tie or win the game. He didn't take the bat off his shoulders. He looked at six pitches and he's jumping up and down when he takes strike three, dude, Every one of your teammates swung the bat and laced it, laced it off of Clay Holmes to put you in a position to win the game. And then he didn't take the bat off his shoulders. That was That's really hard to watch if I'm watching it from the Rays' side with everything that you did to get there. From the Yankees' standpoint, 
Good for Clay Holmes for attacking, and they got an Aaron Judge low strike call to win that game. But it helped me. It, it kind of makes my point before of Holmes isn't a a lot a big swing and miss guy, so he's going to walk the tightrope sometimes. Guys yeah. are going to get hits and and put you in a position where okay, you've got to get a big out to lock down this win. Um, Holmes is good enough to do that, but um, I, I'm comfortable again having him pitch the ninth, even though I know that every game isn't going to be comfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah. And looking at his stuff, uh, shout out to Jose Trevino, the frame job. And uh, who was the home plate? Um, uh, oh, Vic, yeah, Vic Carapaza. Always, yep. <laughs> he had plans you know, Sunday night, you know Labor Day trivia. weekend plans. He had to get out of there. He didn't want it to go to extras. <laughs> you know the bit of trivia on Vic Carapaza, right? You know his family connection? I don't. Vic Carapaza is Richie Garcia's son-in-law. Richie Garcia, the umpire from who made the, the call on the Jeffrey Mayer play in the 1996 oh. <laughs> postseason. Richie Garcia, who called Mark Langston's 2-2 pitch a ball and let Tino Martinez get one more go in the 98 World Series. So Yankee Yankee fan people who aren't Yankee fans are not <laughs> fans of Richie Garcia. And let me tell let me pre- I've met and talked to Richie Garcia. He's a wonderful man. He is a very knowledgeable umpire and one of the most knowledgeable people about the game. And he was a terrific umpire who had a couple of moments that people who don't like the Yankees just don't like. His daughter Married an umpire, go figure. And that's Vic Carapazzo, and he helped the Yankees out on Sunday. Family business. I mean, isn't it crazy when you're an ump, you only get remembered for certain things? It's not usually good. It's not usually good for them to remember you. But, yeah, and with with Clay Holmes, like you said, with his stuff, that pitch depends on how the call goes, whatever. Like you said, the guys that went up there, they went up there swinging. Some of them had success. I don't care. That game ended. it, It was pathetic. (laughs) <laughs> but it was a win and the Yankees needed it. And no one will look back in a week or two weeks and say, oh, well, the, you know, that was ball four. It's a win. Play you Frank. Know, Yankees win. Start spreading the news. This, yeah, I mentioned this the other day, Keith, that, you know, a lot of teams are going to have bad June, July, August. Okay, you don't remember those. You have a bad September and it costs you. You're going to remember that. That's what the Yankees are staring at right now. We can they can make us forget all of this other stuff by finishing strong and obviously going to the world series that would make you forget what kind of a june july or you know july or august you're talking about can you imagine <laughs> be the wildest year ever if this team somehow morphs into yeah. the world series team and, and they don't have the construction of a team right now because of all the reasons we talked about. All the injuries and underperformance in the lineup have made this kind of a one-man show. Um, you know, those aren't the kind of teams that win World Series. The Dodgers team that beat Oakland in 1988 had Kirk Gibson give them one great swing and Oral Hershiser on the mound. The rest of that lineup wasn't, you know, they weren't they weren't Hall of Famers in that lineup, but they were representative in that lineup, and they took down a juggernaut in Oakland. Listen, anything can happen when you get to October. Obviously, we've seen it plenty of times, but if you're just trying to, you know, visualize it in your head, whatever lineup the Yankees are rolling out right now doesn't give you that kind of confidence. That's why they need to get some of these guys back from injury, and they need to get some of these good weeks of the healthy players that we're talking about. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Judd just has to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, when you said one man show, I wasn't sure if you were talking about Judge or Oswaldo Cabrera. <laughs> that kid, that kid does something cool every game. Every game, he's got a highlight. Defensive specialist. I, I like that kid. They got to keep him in the line. He's great. You know, his bats slowed down too because this is what happens with 22, 23 year old kids. You put him in these situations. Okay, it, it's not all just going to be straight path to the Hall of Fame. Okay. He's going to struggle. They're going to struggle too. And how they handle it is hard because, you know, this is the other part of it. A veteran player knows not to get, you know, too tight, wrapped up too tightly about going one for 15. A young player might not know that when he's sitting doing it in front of 40,000 people for the first time. Yeah, they decided to rest him. They're also resting Oswald Peraza. I don't know what goes on. I think they're trying to protect these kids, but we want to see them play. Let the kids play. Uh, but it's also, you know, listen, I mean, they firmly believe that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is their best shortstop option right now. You know, for people who think that they, oh, they know that it's the better player that they're putting on the bench, well, that's not how they're viewing it. Right. I think, you know, you have to like all the things we talked about at the top, Keith, they're making these decisions 
you know, they know everything we know and more. Now, they could be wrong. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe Oswald Peraza gets in there, and if you let him get a couple of weeks runway, maybe he has a big, hot September. But their belief right now is that Kiner Falefa is a is, – his range helps them uh, as a good defender, and they are more comfortable with him there. They might rue that. But right now, that is their belief. They're not saying, you know what, I know the other kid's better, but I'm not going to play him anyway. <laughs> the difference a day can make. He hit his first Yankee Stadium home run today. Uh, two days ago, people wanted him on the bench. <laughs> He's making errors. Get this guy off my team. <laughs> well, he did not have a good road trip and had a couple of bad games. Uh, he had a really good game on Monday. Made a lot of nice plays, and the home run certainly helped. Yeah, I'm good with him. I, I, it is what it is at this point. This is who was chosen to be the guy. Carlos Correa is standing on the field, and he looks smooth. I was watching him make some plays today. He but has I, not had a good year, Keith. If he had the type of year he's having for the Twins, for the Yankees, forget about he'd, it. He'd be buried. <laughs> you'd be burying him every night on the radio. You know yeah, it. Yeah, forget about it. I'm glad he's not over here. IKF is the guy, but uh, we'll see what they do with Mr. Oswald Peraza as well. Four games set with the Twins here. The Twins are the Yankees' pals. They're always there when the Yankees need them. They are solid. They they showed up today. They didn't want to play too much. Yankees win back-to-back games. I thought that was a lot to ask for. Can they make it three? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what the weather has in store for the next couple of days. But the Yankees have three more with the Twins. And then Keith and I will be back to wrap that up and set you up for the next big series with the Tampa Bay Rays. It is another three-game series with the Rays. Derek Jeter Hall of Fame night coming up on Friday. A chance to appreciate Jeter one more time for his Hall of Fame induction and a big ceremony to uh, roll that out. And then the Yankees with much-needed games to win. And we'll be back continuing to take you through this stretch drive for the New York Yankees, and what we hope is a good, long October run. This is BXB, New Yankees podcast. It stands for Bronx Baseball, in case you didn't know. He's Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Chichester, as well, for running a smooth ship. And we hope that we will have some fun and good and interesting things to talk about the next time. You know we will, as the Yankees continue on in this September. And we'll see how much closer Aaron Judge can get to some more magic numbers. Keith, it's been fun. We're going to do this again. What do you got to say? Uh, let's go, Garrett Cole. I need a good one. And uh, we'll see you in the BXB.